Radio, we ready to fire up. I think we are. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and anyone who's fired up about rugby league. I'm Dennis Carnahan, and it's possible I'm a little subdued this week. It's hard to fire up when after eight rounds, your team has closed the cutlery drawer and opened the second drawer and is searching around for their first wooden spoon since 1982. But I'm joined by Redfern, prefers to play 12, Pat, and a brave, resilient Chris Gale to explore and analyse the many links, parallels and interrelationships between art, science, music, culture politics and rugby league and this week we're more deeply exploring the physics of rugby league we've we've discussed at length how close the laws of rugby league are to newtonian physics the first law is of course the big club theory as expounded by several coaches started by the great physicist justin holbrook backed by ming the merciless and then by blue steel barrett Interestingly, since the theory was first published in the Journal of Rugby League Science, Ming's Cowboys have skyrocketed to the top four! And Barrett's team has had a win against a big club. Small club bottom and ladder, big club belongs at the top of the ladder, yet they had the win. Is this the NRL trying to cover up the big club theory, which they've denied and written off as a nutjob conspiracy? Or is there another unknown invisible force at work here? Could there be some larger heavenly body affecting the gravity and relativity of the clubs to each other? Is the system more complicated and multidimensional than we thought? This made me wonder about the table. And it made me look at that other table, the periodic table. And there in the middle is element number 79, gold. The most stable of all elements. It doesn't rust. It doesn't decay. It is malleable but strong. It resists acids. It is the centre of our financial system. Always a safe investment. If you get bigger than gold, you start to get unstable. The next element is mercury, quicksilver. Often we talk about mercurial players. But it's runny and wet. It's not as strong and malleable. If you get smaller, you just gas. Then you disappear into the ether. I believe it is no coincidence that what the Greeks called aurum. Notice there's a number of U's in there. Aurum. We call gold. Now, if you add those U's into gold, you get something, a very interesting element. I put it to you, Chris Gale, that the central element of the rugby league periodic table, which affects the size and gravitational effects of all the clubs, players and stakeholders and their interrelationships, has a very similar name to gold. It's the element we know as Philip. Ronald Augustine Gould, chemical symbol, Gus. What do you say, Chris? Well, Dennis Carnahan, it's often been said that life is part science, part art, and part magic. And I think <laughs> I you you're ha- saying part rugby league, <laughs> and you, well, of course, and you've stumbled onto, I don't know, is, what is it? Is it the magic carpet? Is it the holy grail? And it takes me back to one of your original theories because it's clear to me that you're a thinker. Well, it finally it's clear to me because I've done this with you for a number of years and it was unclear to me until now that you're a thinker. And I've gone back through the archives and you, of course, uncovered that the... And is it Augustine or Arthur Gould? I don't know. But uh, you uncovered the fact that the person 
who invented rugby league, was Gus Gould. So, it's been staring at us the whole time. So in a little bit like, and sorry to Kyrie Irving from the NBA to break this news to him, like we've just disposed of the flat earth theory. Oh, it's gone. AKA big club theory. <laughs> and you've substituted it with this Copernican Galilean. It's earth is round, Sun's no longer the centre of the universe. Whatever. You've replaced big club theory with the discovery that at the centre of everything is Gus Gould. I'm like Lassiter, I discovered Gould! <laughs> it is the Big Bang Theory writ large. The man who created rugby league continues to be the man who controls rugby league and there was no greater evidence of this than out at Acor Stadium, as I like to call it, on Saturday night as the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs triumphed over the very hapless Sydney Roosters. Oh, they beat they beat the big club in the bin chicken nest and it was fantastic. But let let's let's set that aside for a moment because there's a federal election at the moment. Is there is there some sort of state election at some point? There will be. Cuz I got something I got something Every in the 4 mail. years there is. Yeah, is it is it approaching? Is it Because it, it's in the near distance, but it's not imminent. It's not imminent. No. I didn't think so. But is there, a Senate, is there a Senate or something coming up? Uh, I don't know. But <laughs> Could Dominic, be your mayor. Who knows? Dominic, maybe it is Radek. Um, there was Dominic Perrottet, who's a great friend of the show. <laughs> We've had a lot to talk about with Dom Perrottet. Um, turns out Dom's a Tiger. Yeah, Tigers fan. Correct. Dom's a Tigers fan. And Dom, has he's, we need to get him on fire up because he So he's politics, rugby league, Tigers... And Instagram. Is that where he published this? Was it on Insta or was it on Twitter? He tweeted. He tweeted. In the so wake, it's on Twitter. In, yes, this Social is, media king. This was in the wake of the Tigers' victory over Riffin and Pat's South Sydney Rabbitohs. Which again, Low those many small days club ago, had a against big club. Now, stadium. Again, this week, friend of the show um, fired out of a cannon Brooks mm. from Atlassian. Thank you very much. Um, he's got or, a bit of a... And now AGL, from and what I'm well, reading from in the now papers. AGL, yeah. he's he's so you'd have to say they're a big club. Yeah, big club beaten by small club. Mm. Dom Perrottet enters, and Dom Perrottet, not only has he tweeted about the 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 victory and how sweet it is, and the music he loved so much, he loved watching all day the Gyro field goal attempt, which, to the tune of Titanic, I believe, to the tune of Titanic, which made it so much better. Um, he's he's also gotten involved with Nick Curios. And yes. he's also gotten involved with Peter Volandis. He is right in the centre of things. Well, I've been on record about this before, and it's complicated, but I think I can explain it to you. Now, Don Perrottet, I think I met him at the Orange Grove Hotel after a Tigers victory once, you know. <laughs> and uh, he looked me dead in the eye and he said, I'm not stopping at four. And he's referring to his children. And he's been a man uh, of his word, so he can be relied upon. Was he on nine? He's seven. 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 Oh. And, count, and counting. He wants, he wants a full squad, 17, like a starting 13 and four off the bench. Not an 18th. Yeah. And hopefully by then, by the time there are 17 Paratet kids, we know whether he's Paratet or Paratet because I haven't got a clue. <laughs> anyway, so he's up on his toes. He's tweeted about Jai Arrow's uh, botched field goal attempt. Jai Arrow's come back, by, mind you, uh, who referred today by Adam Reynolds as Jai Arrow having an enormous head um, and said it might have shrunk a little bit after that particular <laughs> failed attempt as they are about to match up out at Acor Stadium this Thursday night, Broncos v. Rabbits. Jaira came back and said, it's great to see the Premier having a laugh. Good on him. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to agree with you. I don't really know what his Peretet, name is either. But this was because he was girding his loins, getting steeled, because he knew that rugby league was coming at him like a freight, tra- freight train, mm-hmm. because 
it's time to sort out this mini Bank West slash Combank Stadium B <sighs> in one Peter Volandi's The Dark Overlord's bonnet. Well, the Dark Overlord, he doesn't just want to establish a mini Bank West. He wants to establish a fleet of them. He wants to it like infest the suburbs with them. You're doing well because we're talking about a price tag of apparently 800 million, right? And I've opened up the news press today and I've seen price tags on existing stadia, be they Penrith Park, Leichhardt, Four Pines, as I like to refer to it, and so forth. So there's upgrades in the offing, plus a series of these new, um, essentially statues, monuments to PVL, which are these <laughs> mini Bank West's combanks. And that has to be paid for, Dennis. And Peter Volandis said it has to be paid for. How does, it, how does he say it? Yeah, he said, <laughs> you're going to have to pay for this out of the money that you didn't spend refurbing Acor Stadium, AS, a.k.a. the Stadium Australia, Olympic Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Bin chicken. Exactly. So, and you know how he's decided to do this, he's threatened to take away something from the great people of New South Wales. What's he threatened to take away? The grand final. Oh, of course. He's spoken to Anastasia. He's, he's, he said, we're not going to expand to the West. We're taking origin to Perth anyway. Oh, yeah. And- I, I theorise he was so uh, emboldened by the experience that some call last year because of COVID, he's actually considering taking it to Pyongyang in North Korea, <laughs> I mean, which would absolutely suit his style. He and- could take it to China. <laughs> well, China. It's been Paul Broughton raised that up decades ago, Rebo de Bressac. Look what happened to the AFL. They're not playing any AFL in China anymore, are they? No. Uh, But look, so he's basically said to Dom, if you don't accede to this spending in all these areas, upgrading suburban grounds, new mini bank west slash combanks, I'm going to take the grand final on the road. And of course, the government's come back because they're trying to pay some attention to football and rugby union and say... To what? Yeah, sorry, I'll say that again. Soccer, uh, football, and uh, rugby union, I believe. Because they apparently also play out of the rectangular stadium at Acor Stadium. Mm. And and uh, they also play at um, at Combank West. Let's just call it Western Sydney Stadium because it's too confusing to have Combank West. Let's just just call it Combank West. Right here. So Combank West and Bin Chicken can be... Bin Chicken can be made a rectangle. Um, but I, I, I discovered they actually still play rugby union. Yeah, they do. It, 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 and, and I believe the New South Wales Waratahs, the incorrectly pronounced Waratahs, <laughs> had their first victory in, in half a decade. Yeah, against the New Zealand team at Leichhardt Oval. We don't want to talk about it. it, was, it was, it's sad for everyone involved, particularly Leichhardt, that they need to take the coin from rugby union. <sighs> but they've been saying, take some of that money and do some of that upgrade at Acor Stadium, a.k.a. the Stadium Australia, a.k.a. Olympic Stadium, and put a roof on the sucker, right? And Volandis has said, thank you very much, but no, Dom. He sent his emissary, Nick Kyrgios, in a charity basketball game out at Kudos Bank Arena with the Sydney Next Kings. Next door. Yes, and in the said celebrity game that both the Premier and Nick were participating in, Dom's gone for a step-back jump shot a, a little bit like like Dirk Nowitzki from the Dallas Mavericks from years gone past. And Kyrgios has swatted it away and he's just leaned into Paratet and he said, that's a message from Volandis, do the deal. Yeah, no right. roof. No, no roof. roof. Let Taylor Swift sing in the rain. So Peter Volandis, in his zeal to win at all cost, is saying to the greater rugby league public, I'll deliver you your grand final for the next 100 years, but he doesn't care if league fans sit in the big wet 
in every one of those because that's coming with uh, climate change. He doesn't care if Billy Idol's brought back finally and runs the risk of being electrocuted at the start of a grand final ceremony. (laughs) He is prepared to say that we will only retain the grand final and play it where you want to play it in New South Wales provided you don't spend $1 on upgrading Acor Stadium at all. He says, no money for where you want your heartland game to be held, <laughs> but you can hold it there for a century. We need these monuments built to me in the greater Sydney district. That is the man running rugby league as we speak. Now, you mentioned Nick Curios playing that basketball game. Nick Curios, who you'd probably call him mercurial talent, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's definitely on the periodic table. He's definitely. He, and he's he's in the unstable part above gold, whereas let's, let's go back to gold. Let's go back to Gus. Gold. Gus Gould, famously last week, was asked allegedly by Trent Barrett, Gus, can you give me a hand? Gus, you are the creator. Can you please come in and tell that you created the game? Can you tell these guys how to play? Right. And what happens is? Tell me. They win the game. Right. (laughs) Well. Gus comes in and speaks and they win the game. And he was only wearing jeans. Gus? When he did the training run. He just grabbed a whistle and he was in his jeans. He just said it was a bit of fun. Can you imagine if he was maybe got some sort of variation of remember when he got removed from the field by Harrigan? <laughs> he was wearing that hideous <laughs> Penrith tracksuit. That licorice all sorts tracksuit. <laughs> Whatever the modern version of the Bulldogs thing that's available in their merch store under lock and key, I assume, out of Belmore. Um, but he's just like, he's he's just got his everyday strides on and he's just had a bit of fun with the boys and whammo the diddly the fox is reinvented the fox it's, is rediscovered he's, the forgotten fox yeah, he's, he's broken free from the hutch he's out there <laughs> running free running proud and it was a resurgent Canterbury Bankstown against a Sydney Roosters team that seems to have no clue I mean I, I don't want to suggest that it's time for a coaching change do you, think, do you think he's under pressure? Well, you can just say tomorrow's game day that long. People talk about Adam O'Brien being under trouble. I mean, I, the Roosters, they got nothing, Dennis. I think Trent Robinson's done. I think he's very much last decade's thinking. Because once you've gotten to the top of Everest... Yeah. It's, it's, or it's, Kilimanjaro. You can have, sorry, you can have a plan to get up. And that's one thing. You can have a plan to be there. But you have to have a plan to come back down again. Um, well, this or is... you die on that summit. Are you saying that Robinson has died on that summit? He is going to be one of those bodies that you rather uncomfortably find when you Frozen. do the, the tourist climb along Everest than those final couple of hundred metres that there are a few people up there that don't come down. And look, uh, this is an expression, Dennis, and I'm glad you're sitting down because this is one I've actually patented. I actually Ooh. created this. Once you're number one, the only way is down. There it is, Roosters fans. And I know there's a lot of Roosters fans who love this show. <laughs> there it is. Now, Baz was uh, in his blue jacket and yeah. he was got a little bit animated on the sideline, did our Baz. Um, it's, it's quite rare to see anything other than blue steel. It was still blue steel as he got animated. It was a pretty unique blue. I mean, you couldn't describe it as powder blue and the journos were wanting to call that a powder blue jacket. No, it wasn't it really powder wasn't. blue. It was a bit darker than yeah, that. Yeah, I don't really know what you'd call it. No, we'll have to we'll have to consult Google if anyone on if anyone of the fire up listeners or anyone on blowing up deluxe can give us some clues yes. as to what blue it should be. I mean, doggy blue, perhaps bulldog blue, bulldog blue, a bullfrog blue. <laughs> I think it could be the Canterbury Bankstown bullfrog blue would be the new colour. But he he was healed. Gus Gould came in and healed the club 
and healed tea bears. So lots of people talk about Gruss as the great redeemer going to, you know, again, we love a sort of a Judeo-Christian analogy, yes. don't we? He's the creator. That's He's right. He's the great redeemer. You're right. Big Bang Theory, et cetera, et cetera. But I actually... Hang on a second. So what you're saying is that rugby league is actually a creation. There is no Big Bang Theory. This is a dead set creation and there is a, it's, a, it's the creationist alternative to the big club theory. I tell you, what I do know is it's monotheist. Monotheist, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Gold is God, is basically so what I'm saying. the rugby league gods, they've been thrown out with the Romans and the pantheons. Yeah, and, and in fact, I'm not 100% sure if it's really settled. And I think that just going down that sort of very traditional, as I said, Judeo-Christian route is a little bit narrow-minded. And I went and had a look at some of the great healers in history. Uh-huh. And don't tell me if Gus Gould isn't a fusion of some of these people. Are you familiar with the work of Shenong? No. The God King of Chinese medicine and agriculture. Right. Al Zarawi, the legacy of the father of modern surgery, was mm-hmm. Al Zarawi. That's Gus Gould. Now, here's one that's very close to me Galen of Perigam. Galen of Perigam. Mm. One of the most renowned physicians of the Roman Empire, his medical work survived and dominated the theory and practice of medicine, not only the Roman world, but also the Islamic world. And why I like him particularly is his name is spelt almost the same as mine, G-A-L-E-N, Galen. So I see a bit of Galen and Gus. Yep. Parcellus, of course, the father of toxicology. And let me tell you, if there's, now we're really honing in on some of the qualities of Gus because if the man has enemies, I have a lot of them. And he's the, also the enemy of physicians. He's the enemy of established thinking in rugby league. We might at some stage talk about the Carl Lawton tackle, you know, yes. and the established view. And then Gus, of course, challenging the established view. Um, Ibn Sina, the self-taught polymath who became the father of early, early medicine, Gus Gould. Andreas Vesalius, the medieval physician who loved dissecting humans. <laughs> These are the people in history, Dennis. Florence Nightingale. Yeah, like too, too he's nursed. He's nursed Baz, Baz back to help. Back to help. Yeah. So these are the these are the elements that have come together in this incredible theory. This it's beyond relativity. It's the theory of everything that about Gus Gould and rugby league, and we're just seeing it, it manifest itself all over the current NRL competition. Creator, redeemer, mm-hmm. healer, mm-hmm. general manager of football. Coach, dissector, dissector, toxic, bus driver. Um, he's everything. He makes the sandwiches at training. Let's not forget promoter, commentator, promoter, yeah. friend of Kenny Rogers. Was it yeah. Kenny he saw? And and amazing. <laughs> no, no, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, friend of Willie Nelson. And immediately, an amazingly media personality. Because when he was being pushed on, what's the relationship between you and Trent, and undermining him last night on 100% footy, he kept pointing to Michael Shamus and going, "You people." <laughs> Referring to the media. Yeah. And that's, I think, where most people actually interact with Gus. He's on the media. In the media. Mm. Um, now, friend of the show, Paul Kent, what did he have to say about Gus? Suddenly, the, this new administration have got this guy in running the, the whole program like his EDR men. It's, it's a dictatorship. Now, I wasn't sure. So, so I went back into the history books. I don't think that's a compliment. I don't think it is. No. Edie uh, wreaked havoc in Uganda in the 60s and 70s and yes. uh, um, all sorts of atrocities, not unlike some of the healers of history I was <laughs> referring to there. And um, I, I guess what, what was kind about it from Paul Kent is at least he referred to a despotic dictator 
from a while ago rather than one of the current ilk, mm. just to soften the blow a little bit. But it seems to be emblematic of where the news and the 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 Fox. Uh, so, do you think you could say are? that Gus Gould is general, president, and king of the scene? I think he is. Look at the history and packed with men. What rising to the top and getting chopped again? No one fathom in the secret of the whole damn thing. You gotta give the population something to see. Stalin, Attila, the nun. No one got a good word for a single one. Where these first-class geniuses all going wrong? They never got the population singing along. Idi, 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 ami, most amazing man there's ever been. He the general, the president, the king of the scene. Idi, 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 ami. Listen, oh, idi, ami, what is it about this name I like? I don't know. Idi, ami. General depends on what you mean the recording time is broke out. That's rubbish now. I put here's an Ionian place. Idiamine. Oh, Idiamine. Idiamine. Keep on going and I'm Idiamine. Still remember hearing that on Countdown and when it was in the 2CC. Um, top 40 and I remember having a cassette and recording it on my little it was a little blue round cassette deck and I still have an orange BASF cassette which has that song on there so good to hear it again now we, we alluded before to Ming the Merciless and Ming the Merciless is obviously a, a great fan of the ballet and it's a wonderful thing for rugby league that this week um, the Australian Ballet has started their show on Carmichael Hunt the um, Carmichael Hunt's hammer is underway and it coincides with the return of the hammer for Ming the Merciless's Cowboys and another win. What a, what a magnificent win it was. And terrific to have uh, Hammerside back out there for the Cowboys off the bench because Drinkwater's so good, right? Mm. But um, yeah, uh, Carmichael Hunt's Karma has um, started at the Sydney Opera House. And apparently it's a solitary work made by the Netherlands Dance Theatre for its 60th anniversary. And the title refers to an 18th century cabinet of curiosities, a collection drawn from nature that would later become a museum. And so, in fact, it's a a musical celebration of the Rugby League Museum down there at Moore Park. And you'll get a cross-section of music as well as all the images. You'll see the immortals up there. You'll see versions of the Proven Summons Trophy. Does it have Frank Hyde singing Danny Boy? It does have Frank Hyde singing Danny Boy. Is that a... Sorry, spoiler alert, anyone going to Kunsthammer... It's got uh, Eric Eric Growth doing the letter. Oh, uh, does Eric Growth Junior play as well? <laughs> well, he's actually in the foyer. He's <laughs> yeah, busking uh, music from Beethoven through to Janis Joplin, which is pretty much the reference point when they're putting together the annual NRL ad. They go, "Can we get some Beethoven in there? What about a bit of Janis?" Bit of Janis, yeah. And uh, it, it, look, forty interpretive dances. I, I I can't recommend it uh, more highly to you as a beautiful tribute to Rugby League and a tribute to the North Queensland Cowboys. Did you catch any of that game when they took on Parramatta up in Darwin? I didn't catch it. But is, is Ben Iken's brother involved at all? Or is he more Queensland uh, ballet? 
I I'm not familiar with Ben Iken's brother. Ben Iken's brother is a ballet dancer. Is that right? Like he's a he's a like as in a national level. Like he's a genuine. He was on one of those dance shows. What do they call them? They say you think you can dance. He was on one of those. He won it. I'm assuming he wasn't the voice. No, it wasn't the voice. Unless he's a triple threat or something. No, so he's he's a genuine. What do you call him? Ballerino. <laughs> Ballet dancer will do. Ballet dancer. He's a regular Graham Murphy. I can actually picture that an icon could be in I'm that game. I'm wondering if Ben did the same classes as a child and can actually do, like he's got all positions one to five. Like he's, he probably does a pirouette as well as paratet. Mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I mean, surprising result, of course. I think a lot of people thought that the Parramatta Reels would do a little bit better, but because... The conditions up there. It wasn't a flat track. It wasn't a flat track. And, of course, it was enormously humid. And Brad Arthur, who's taken many games up there, is always prepared. And, of course, one of the sheer pleasures of the coverage of that game each year is to cut to Brad Arthur on the coaching bench and watch the ever-diminishing bottles of the local <laughs> bottled water as he slams them down to stay hydrated. Now, uh, you know we love to throw to a press conference. Yeah. And before <laughs> Brad... Came to the press conference. You know, they always, before you walk in, they mic you up and everything yeah, yeah, like yeah. this and hear yeah. you. So we actually got hold of some of the audio of Brad just before he came in to do the losing press conference. After, after the 14 bottles of water. Correct. He really does suffer the pain of defeat very, very keenly, doesn't he? As you can hear there, and he had to sort of pull himself together to address a voracious meter in the wake of a hammering by the North Queensland by the, Cowboys who are by researching hammer. by the hammer and, and the other members who aspire <laughs> to be a Michael Kunzkammer. And, and there is something Michael wonderful. Hunt, it's hard to say, isn't it? Michael Hunt's coming. <laughs> there is something wonderful about Parramatta Eels fans and Carmichael Hunt. Now, no, no, I'm losing it. I mean, Carmichael Hunt's coming. This is throwing me. Carmichael Hunt's coming. <laughs> there is something wonderful about how the Parramatta fans just like to feast upon their own team. And Brad Arthur's put his son in. They've forgotten how many outside backs are injured, and he's just done. You know when you used to play your Super Trumps. You used to have your cards and you had the numbers and you just add up. And he's added up the numbers and gone, it's actually going to be best if this boy, this Arthur boy, goes in at number six. Because if I put him at number four, he's probably going to be a defensive liability. We'll put him at six where he's covered by a second row. And we'll put Dylan Brown, who's a good footy player, out here. <laughs> the Parramatta fans have just eaten it. And it's even caused Mark Geyer to swear. On radio. It's and unusual. Oh, it's very unusual. And of course, he did exactly the same thing against Newcastle, but then that's not really a good barometer, isn't it? The no, fact that it works really well against Newcastle. that was a track. That's right. Oh, boy. We mentioned earlier uh, Nick Curios. Yes. Now, Nick Curios, you describe him as mercurial, and you describe him as... He's of the current generation, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's Do you think he likes strawberry milkshakes? Well, I think there's every chance that he does. He's definitely differently struck. And his mm. value set is not what we would call a conventional sports person set. And this throws a lot of the modern commentators because what you get from Nick is a little bit different from what you get from your average... But you do get honesty. You do get... A he doesn't pretend. Brutal honesty. Yeah, brutal honesty. And you know who that reminds me of? Who, Dennis? That reminds me of one Kalen Ponger. Wow. After the game, he was interviewed and 
he was criticised for being a bit laissez-faire about having been pantsed to the tune of 52 to 2. But I think this he's a sportsman. He's going, well, I'm not going to succumb to it. I'm not going to say how good with the storm. I'm just going to say, yeah, whatevs. Whatevs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they beat us. Whatevs. Move on. And he, he took it pretty easy. He, would, you, would you call that slacker generation? I think it's slacker generation. I think Kalen Ponga is the Nick Kyrgios of rugby league mm. in that he has a pretty strongly focused eye on the fact that if I'm good, they'll pay me a lot of money. Do you think that happens? Yeah. It, it, it's not like old rugby league where if I won, they pay me a lot of money. <laughs> it's just pretty much now if I'm good. And of course, don't for a second pretend that the Newcastle Knights haven't been distracted by the negotiations being done by on behalf of Kalen by his father, Andre the Brain Ponga. Mm. Even though they've been resolved, it seems to be resonating. And my concern is that Kalen actually is a truth teller. First of all, you don't see him turning up at some sort of public good event doing great works and promoting the goodwill of the game. So he's not the Alan Tongue. No, no, definitely not. He's not like Tongue. No. Like his his contribution to public life last week was he turned up at the Newcastle Beach Bar, uh-huh. which I'm assuming is in Merriweather, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Uh, for an activation involving PlayStation and Donut King, right? <laughs> I say it is more likely. Speaking of The Simpsons, the comic book guy would turn up something like that. Yeah. But that's Kalen's week. Do an activation for PlayStation. Did they have and Donut strawberry King. milkshakes? Oh, no, they, but they had strawberry donuts. Like I strawberry really... donuts. Because Nick Curios doesn't mind PlayStation. That's right. He, he quite likes playing PlayStation. I wonder if Nick likes a donut. I'm sure Nick would enjoy a donut. And. And the, the reality here is when it came to light about the negotiations that were set up very sensitively by Wayne Bennett and the Redcliffe Dolphins. And secretly. Well, it wasn't that secret. Central Coast somewhere. Uh, and, of course, what did they serve? Hamburger, hamburgers and strawberry milkshakes, right? Heaven. Speaking to slacker Kalen, Wayne laid down some hope through Dennis to Kalen. Yes. He said, in order for you to be the best footballer you can be, and let's face it, who doesn't want to be the best version of themselves these days? Because apparently everyone does. And he says, you need to challenge yourself and come play with me because that is the football challenge that you're capable of stepping up to. And Kalen thought very hard about that and says, I'll just take the coin at Newcastle and Cruise and go <laughs> hang out with me, get my donuts and my PlayStation. PlayStation, have some donuts, and, hamburgers. And, and get towelled up by 48 points by the Melbourne Storms and go, eh, eh, whatever. Uh, well, if we look... A little further down the table underneath uh, the Knights, we'll find the struggling Raiders. Well, this is where you actually want to look under the carpet. And by the way, by, by, by the way, have you heard of the, uh, the hot new thing in dance music? Oh, please. DJ Canberra. No. Tremendous on the Crossfaders. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, I'm a little bit thrown by that, but I, as as was uh, Matt Lodge, thrown by uh, uh, Corey Hall's bra, even though Corey Hall's bra went nowhere near his head, and it brings up again that whole thing about diving. D- what a dreadful, dreadful thing! So he's quite happy to raise his elbow and smack Corey Hatterwitanita in the face, and someone even looks at his face, and he dives down, sir, 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 sir. By the way. Gus Gould, recently in the orbit of the, uh, well, what are they, Warriors? They're just blank Warriors. Oh. What did Matt Lodge get for the raised elbow? Cocked at the head of Hatteria and I. no weeks. $1,000. $1,000. What did he get for the dive? They won the game. 
By the way, speaking of Corey, who's had a pretty rough run with bubble gum and all that sort of thing, yeah. I actually think he needs to apologise for the dive. Corey does? Yeah, absolutely. The dive he took when he was had his ankles broken by Sean Johnson <laughs> with the field goal. Johnson just sort of looked to the right and Corey uh, just dove on the ground. Yeah. Um, uh, prostrated himself in front of uh, Sean who kicked the winning field goal. It, it was interesting that... It's pretty obvious they were going to have a go at field goal after Starling threw the forward pass on the second tackle in Golden Point extra time. There's only one chaser. Why was there only one chaser? It, um, in fact, there was only one chaser for well, the entire team. And well, when you gassed, Dennis, mm. you're fading uh, away. And what did Ricky have to say? Mate, I, like publicly, I, I'm. Um Lost for comment in regards to the quality of that football in the second half, and, and for any any loyal fan, any real fan that we got left, it's you know I feel I feel really um, embarrassed and, and sorry for them. What I can just simply say is I don't like to think of this podcast as a public service because it doesn't get out to that much of the public. But if anyone does hear this, please share that, share this episode. I need this episode. We need this episode to go out as widely as possible because we need to find out who that last final Canberra Raiders fan is. Because I'm right here, Chris. There you are. I'm right here, Chris. You must feel these days. What am I wearing today, Chris? <laughs> You're wearing sort of a funereal green colour and your Raiders shorts. And you must and feel... And what did I bring the drink out of? <laughs> your Raiders water bottle. My Raiders 2022 membership water bottle. You I'm must... not sitting there calling in the milk and harking back to 1994. I am a Raiders fan right now. You all must feel these days. You know they say the secret of good broadcasting or podcasting is that the audience, the person feels like they're talking to them. Mm. Pretty much Ricky's press conferences now are just going out to very, very few people. Well, as you hear, the Don came out as well and fully backed Rick, well, which then. is, I believe this is the first time ever a general manager of a franchise has come out and bagged the players. Has basically said the problem, Ricky's not dropping the ball, Ricky's not missing tackles, Ricky's not failing to run up and chase down short. The, the, the average rugby league punter is perplexed by this because in every other jurisdiction, the it is the coach, but it's not Ricky. No. Um, it's always other forces. The, um, the incredible bond he has with your organisation will be the subject of future PhDs because it defies logic and it's obviously... Gus Gould working in very, very mysterious ways. It must be. Well, let's let's just get entirely off the Raiders topic. Chris, do you have any Arara Valley axes to grind? Well, thank you, Dennis. No one's in, uh, updated me as how the X-Men did last weekend. I, I haven't seen any results. So. Wasn't it, wasn't it uh, postponed? Oh, was it? Due to I what? believe it was postponed. COVID, due, weather. Due, due to weather. Due, due to the performance of the Canberra Raiders. Uh, but I have learned in all these efforts to take rugby league to the United States, you know, Ground Zero, which I don't think is a terrific marketing name for Manly versus Certainly ours, not. In the United States. And also the fact that Hugh Jackman says, I am totally behind it. Huge. Unfortunately, I'll probably be working, so I won't be able to get to the game. Wow. But uh, a spokesperson for American Rugby League stepped forward and said, it can't be a one-off. It needs to be a concerted effort over a long time with a lot of funding. And he plays for the Jacksonville Axemen. So 
My axe to grind is I don't know enough about the Axemen in rugby league and where all the connections are. I can't even name this individual and I want to understand more about where Axemen live in rugby league. My only other axe is probably, it's partially directed at you, Dennis. Mm. And what have I done? And it's a feature on social media of people in rugby league and in fact in the broader world when they just happen to be doing something like an outside broadcast at a nice location like a rugby league ground or maybe they're doing some temporary bar work. This isn't how's the look, how's the view from the office this today. Is, this is the view from my office today, right? First of all, we know it's not your office. Secondly, you're trying to make out that you're more interesting and have a better lifestyle than I do, which is probably true. And three, it really pisses me off. Stop doing it. It's not funny. It's over. It's not your office. I know it isn't. We all know it isn't. Shut up. Okay, I'm going to scan my Facebook. I believe that I haven't done that for... In fact, I just... No, I'll just say it's, I'm back at the footy. I'll do that maybe. Thank you. I haven't done it uh, for a little while, I don't, I, I don't think... <laughs> But I certainly haven't said view from the office today. Where's the view from my office today? Get uh, stuff a lot of you. Yeah. Now, b- before we uh, before we move on to the next break, we need to discuss that tackle. That tackle on Friday night. That tackle, which I know a lot of Manly fans who were at that game. Now, Manly fans we know don't travel, but somehow they'd found their way up there. And they, they thought themselves a chance, the mad professor against the rabbits. They thought themselves a chance. But when Carl Lawton was sent off, they were no chance. It was gone. The game was over. And the whole send-off, it split rugby league. It's torn it. It's rented asunder. You've got Gell writing. Do you think he's got a ghostwriter? Because his, his article seemed very well written. <laughs> No, I think, I think Gal writes his own material. I read his autobiography. I'm pretty sure he did the whole thing. Yeah, well, Gal said, we need to think about what rugby league's going to look like in 2035 and 2040 if we're sending off for that tackle. Because it ruined the game. It ruined the game as a spectacle. It ruined it for the fans. The, the centre of the rugby league universe said, you know, if that's our product, I'm done. Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. 12 on 13 on primetime Friday. Has he ever said that before? I'm done. Uh, and um, uh, the converse of course, was you've got to consider the, the potential consequences for a tackle of that gone wrong. Yes. Intent is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So the school of thought, which happens to equate with nine, channel nine, channel nine, is intent is everything. Send-offs are for vile, dirty, disgusting incidents and accidents do happen. Yes, put them in the sin bin, deal with it later on report. Whereas on the Fox news uh-huh. side of the equation it's all about the protection of the player and it doesn't matter if it was accidental or not and you've just seen uh the ho- this is super league too yes and uh fortunately cameron murray is fine that's very important that's yes. great but who's looking after carl lawton because that's what i want to say because not anyone no one's had a bad word to say about the kid they've all agreed that it's not his go that the tackle tackle was completely accidental but as part of this media war, this intersonine conflict with the media, I opened up and almost choked on my cornflakes on Sunday morning where I saw emblazoned all across the Murdoch press the Carl Lawton interview. And was this an exclusive? Right. And I'm going, it's not really like the Barack Obama interview in Rolling Stone magazine, is it right? And most Australians would not know who Carl Lawton is, but he was there giving his heartfelt story to Dennis Bullfrog Ritchie. Mm. And I just feel that he's being used as a pawn in this war. 
And uh, this is where we don't think things through. And I have to say I stand with Paul Gallen because I look at where rugby league is in 2040. I look at the, the tea leaves. I look at all the evidence and I say there is no rugby league in 2040. And we may as well just enjoy it now while it lasts because we are in the last days of Rome. The death throes. We are. It's- so poor old Steve's clock. Steve... <laughs> It's, it's getting closer. Oh, the, the, he the, was the, saying the mas- 100... Mascord's yeah. clock was saying 100 years. It was, it? It was, originally, the Mascord Doomsday's clock, Doomsday clock was 150 years. It's now the Mascord stopwatch. I just want to leave you with this image that's come out of the Carl Lawton tackle. And once again, very happy that nothing awry happened to good old Cameron Murray. Um, rugby League is like a diplodocus <laughs> writhing as the ash cloud comes after the, comet. after the comets hit planet Earth. That is Rugby League 2022. It's a diplodocus. <laughs> Well, there was another big hit last week that uh, caused a bit of ruction. And uh, this was, of course, we've discussed it on last week's show about the um, Toops, not his go, um, took Ravalawa high. And, and I was so moved by it that um, I felt that it was a bit puzzling. So I turned to Jigsaw. Toops really wanted to win. Ravalawa made a break. He thought that he had the roosters on the hop. Toops lined him up, stuck out his arm. He made McKaylee stop. Hit Ravalawa. Without a reason why In the bunker Ashley Klein Said that it was fine Toops hit Ravalawa high It should have been goodbye Oh Daniel Tupu, why Did you hit Ravalawa Two years in jail at Magic Round last year for that. But I'm serious. Osh, Adam G was dropped from being referee. Cause he should have sent tubes to the bin or even sent him off. But Ash the Bunker referee Somehow wasn't dropped Great to careless high To pick up some time One week on the sideline For hitting Ravalawa So, what had Ray and his listeners so fired up? Next question. Next question. 
can't tell you the truth, I can't tell you the, the, the way that game panned out because I'll get fined. So uh, I'm not going to answer any questions. I've done my job. Thanks. So we heard earlier from Ricky said that he's not going to make any more public comments. Yep. We might be, we might be done with the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's half your source material gone. Really quickly, we're going to do uh, true or false. Okay. okay. So I got, I got five of these. So, uh, first one is... I dare say, all the kicks tonight have had a floating look. It's like we're at altitude. Yeah, absolutely, I was thinking... This. At altitude? Darwin altitude, true or false? Uh, well, Darwin Harbour, it has an altitude of sea level. Wines <laughs> <laughs> uh, tackle on that got him a two-week suspension. Oh, I think he'll be fine, mate. Um, no, I don't think he went past the, the vertical. Um, so he just picked him straight up and he put him straight down? Straight down. Yeah, 100%. Like, a, like a Barbie doll. Yep. That, that would have been the old test of the spear tackle because they used to get him vertical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I tell you what, the old Nathan Cleary controversy about a Cumberland throw. Let me take you back a few decades and I'll show you a Cumberland throw. Yep. Uh, this is Josh Adokar coming off the field uh, last week at halftime. Um, is, is what he's saying true or false? But I think this um, next 40 minutes uh, will determine the game. Ooh, big call. R- Ruth Livingston on blowing up the Lux sent that one in as well. So, absolutely, that's great. And he was right. It did. I mean, you can make fun of the guy, but he was 100% correct. The job of video referees. Everyone's happy. Everyone's gone for a hot dog and a drink and high-fiving and enjoying themselves in the grandstand while they beaver away trying to find a reason to disallow tries. <laughs> Is the job of a video referee to disallow tries? It's to find a way to disallow tries. I yeah. believe that if there's no reason, then it's a fair try. And last one is this statement from Matt Thompson: True or false? I I, I don't care about about the entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's true that he doesn't care about anything. And we did have Gus of all people. That brings us on to Gus. He was in the in the news cycle all week. Oh yeah, it really was where he belongs. And the the big the big thing was he's going to address the news. He's on both sides both sides of the of the of the aisle are talking about Gus. And the big thing, the advertising, first time Gus speaks, and he gets to the altar, big microphone, and this is what he says. I'm asking you, I asked you the no, question. I'm not answering it. <laughs> and of course, he's talking about uh, Matt Thompson getting, getting boned from Freddie in the eighth. <laughs> After. What a big, what a big, that, that's, that's, that's a big piece of news. Yeah. What, they bought Bracey back or something? No. Just, they just, uh, Freddie and Joey just go Just go at it. I think that's, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. So on the Gus thing, they did talk about it on 360, and I tuned into 360, and um, i got to say I agreed with Hoops about 360. Yeah, it's a waste of yeah. time. It's a filler. There's not particularly that many good opinions. Was... <laughs> and so what we've got is 360 have just cottoned on to if you pay attention enough, people contradict themselves. So sometimes I'll play a clip, and I'll play another clip, and it'll be 20 seconds, and the same person says the yep. exact opposite thing. They extrapolated that to 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And so they've got Gus blowing up about this Carl Lawton tackle. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is what Gus said, right? Probably not. Whatever. But they've dug up from 1992 a written quote with no source about a tackle on Brad Fittler and then comparing it to uh, Gus and Brad Fittler talking about it on Friday. Mm -hmm. Right? 
and then there's that's you know saying that they're diametrically opposed. Gus is, is off off his rocker, you know. Who cares about him talking on his show? You know, he's off his rocker. So this is what they've got Gus saying. No one's hurt. Everyone's okay. I'm with you, Bucky. Settle down. So that's kind of like, don't go soft. Keep got you know. Yeah. Is Gus's opinion. I'm not saying that's mine, but that's his, right? Yep. Then this is Gus. This is Paul Kent's opinion. So let's go back to another tackle. Some time ago, when the game back when the game was r- real men played it, and before the game got soft. Ooh. That's on the same segment. But I tell you what, though, that for, the tackle was Alan Can on Freddie, right? Yep. And it was quite the tackle. Mm. And the interesting coda of that tackle is Can got exonerated at the judiciary. So, you know, talk about they've gone tough now, Carl Lawton, four weeks. And it was also 30 years ago. Sure. There was no internet. There was, there was no, like, there was no, there was no Fox. Gus was just tweeting on scrolls. That's it was right. just, yeah, it was, Gus, it took Gus ages. Was, he was, was writing away. Can you imagine that? Because I've seen some direct experience of Gus in a game being active on Twitter uh, and and text. Can you imagine back then he had probably write letters to, you know, to Phillips Street, which is where the New South Wales Rugby League used to run the game from. Who was his business partner? Oh, Ross Seymour. Ross Seymour just sending letters to Ross Seymour. He just dictated a letter to Ross. Ross, take this down. Yes, your eminence. (laughs) So we got 360 encroaching on my bag of contradicting people. Yes. And what's worse is that uh, Dan Ganane. So Dan I think Ganane. I think Michael Annis would probably be the most gets on riles people up the most. I find him the most annoying at the moment. Uh-huh. And we've highlighted some of his uh, more obnoxious moments <laughs> um, that he's had this season. And in the game on uh, on Friday night, Dan Ganane's taken my uh, shtick as well. well. Don't do that, Nick. Four points to two. <laughs> He's calling Mick Ennis out as well. It's between Ricky, 360, and Dan Ganane. I'm out of... I, I see this as a positive, Dan. If you end up getting... Uh, Dan, uh, Pat, if you end up getting gainful employment on Fox League slash NRL 360, I think we've done our job and we'll shut this podcast down. You'd be blowing up Deluxe. <laughs> so going through our blowing up Deluxe. We had Wade... Uh, Wade Patrick posted an article that I completely missed about the Thursday night game. Katoni Awards. Stags steals the show. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously Stags uh, traditionally a star of the screen going to the going moving into theatre. <laughs> and then you were talking about the Brad Arthur and his, his bottles. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there was 14 there. So we had on Twitter he got one for each player. And then one to throw at each player, and then he got one for him, <laughs> one for himself because it's hot up there. Um, was he playing against the rabbits? Because who were the rabbits playing against when the Georgie boy he got he got roosters? That was roosters. It was two game. weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was roosters. And um, a couple of jokes about drink water. Who's man of the match? <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. <laughs> Hasn't he just like soared drink water, and the hammer didn't just stroll back into the fullback? position it's mm. amazing what happens when you play someone there's there's a sub there's a really really interesting sub thesis in the exchange of players between north queensland and newcastle and you know if one is up the other is down and right now the the cowboy stocks are way up and boy uh, newcastle down uh. don't, don't dwell on it too much and yeah. ming the merciless as well he's 
He's interplanetary. Look, to me, he'll always be the big hombre who scored the final try in the 2005 grand final. To me, um, he'll always be a former Raider. And then finally for me, lucky that, um, luckily for us and the listener, that I saw that clip of 360 calling out Gus, because otherwise it would have been more Matt Thompson. What, what is the obsession with you media people about, I have to be first to know? We have to know. Why can't you just be patient and let you it play at out? Me for, I'm not a newspaper journo. You're a journo. Yeah, but I'm a court. Hey, I'm not. I'm not out there. I don't. I don't. I couldn't give two hoots who Carl and Ponga signs. You me. and Bracey. I thought you'd be different. You're not. Oh, please. We, we're vultures, are we? You and Bracey. Yeah, vultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting in a tree. Yeah. Just waiting to pick over the carcass. That's what you like. Gee, COVID's not you around. <laughs> 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 and we love all these people. We should just. Underline and oh, restate that they're all wonderful people because without them, where would we be? We'd, well, we'd have no one. Just, to keep, we'd have no one to hold to account. Yeah, happier <laughs> and just as well informed. Well, I remember when in the nineties, the people would make fun of Ray Warren. Oh, rabbits! Like yeah, they'd say all the imitating. same stuff that they say about all of them now. They would say about Ray Warren then, and now you won't hear anyone say a bad word about. In in the final year of rugby league, which as I'm projecting is about 2020. 32, something like that. And Matt Thompson will you know, be calling that last season and we're really going to miss him when he's gone. And what you say is so true because Warren used to be the upstart because I was, you know, Channel 7 Big League, Rex Mossop all the way and thought that Mossop was the doyen of callers. And then Warren bobs up on the Amco Cup midweek on Channel 10 with Keith oh. Barnes. He said, certainly have Alan McMahon in my side. He's played very well for Balmain this year. That's my Alan McMahon. And I said, who's this... Guy Warren, right? Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm. And in the end, now he's just an institution. So I think it's like comedy, isn't it? Time plus distance or whatever. <laughs> Alan, tragedy, tragedy, tragedy plus, plus time. time equals that's, that's, that's the secret to being a successful rugby league commentator. Tragedy plus time. Is Alan McMahon a character in Guys and Dolls? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, I think we, we were discussing last week and over the last few weeks, and it's been big on Blowing Up Deluxe. And I encourage all the listeners to join the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group and also obviously follow Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Insta and Fire Up NRL on Twitter. And please rate the show if you've had a listen on the rate the podcast. But we've been discussing the circle that is grub, pest, and what's the other one? Germ. A germ. Grub, pest, germ. Flog. And then Flog, and there's also Muglair. And it was wonderful to see Manu and Suali'i. Su- Suali. Come from? Suali. It was wonderful to see them <laughs> absolutely layering up like Christian, like Stephen Crichton with ten tails. They layered up. Deluxe they layered up in the face of the Bulldogs, saying, Nyani, Nyani, Nyanya, only to have the try disallowed. That is... He's a mug lair. And with those mug lairs, we'll finish this episode of Fire Up! Please join us again next week. If Jake Friend's not playing, you don't have Jake Friend on the field. <laughs>